Commercial Real Estate, where America lives, works, shops, and plays. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, the source for insightful analysis and lightning discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host. Thanks for joining us today. Our topic is real estate investing today. We're going to look at some of the property types you can invest in. We'll look at the various size investment opportunities and many different ways you can invest in real estate. We'll also look at the proper timing to invest and share some tips and best practices for success in real estate investing. Look, many of our listeners and viewers are involved in large institutional quality properties and some of you may work in institutional real estate industry and you're interested in personal investments. Some of you may be looking for small investments in your own deals. You can also make small investments in institutional real estate. So we'll talk about that as well. You know, there's certainly a lot of interest in investing in residential, multifamily, and commercial real estate today. And, you know, and rightly so. I mean, timing is extremely crucial in real estate investing. You think about the old adage, it used to be about uh, value, right? It was location, location, location. And it's still important. But many people have really also come to appreciate the new uh, new saying, timing, timing, timing. You know, we just went through a harsh downturn in the real estate market, and you could have had a great location, but the timing was just wrong. Now, also, many wealthy investors follow the cycles when investing in real estate. You know, I have uh, talked to plenty of investors that I've worked with over the years, and I'll call them in good times with a great property, and they'll say, Michael, you know, I appreciate you calling me. You know, that's a great property, but you know I don't invest when times are this good. You know, think about the, the cycles. You have four main parts of the cycle. You have recession, you have uh, recovery, uh, you have expansion, and you have contraction. And, you know, the recovery phase is uh, where we are now. You know, prices are improving, uh, values are improving. And the recovery period, you have some buyers who are still hesitant. You, financing starts to become more available, which we've seen here. And of course, in the recession phase that we had prior to that, you have you know very difficult times to finance. You have prices really falling. Now, after the recovery, and then we have some property types and areas that are now in an expansion phase. You know, there's a lot of money in the market. Financing's available. Vacancies are improving. Uh, and then after that, you're going to have the contraction period again. You know, where vacancies are starting to increase and these cycles always come and go. The question is, how long and how deep will they be, right? Well, the timing today is, is certainly good in most parts of the U.S. You know, we're in a recovery cycle that has historically been an incredible time to buy for the most potential in real estate. And now that we've been in a recovery period for several years, you know, more investors feel confident about the current timing. You know, if you listen to this show, you get to hear some of the best analysts in the world share their market predictions. And as you've heard, every one of them for every single property type are predicting continual improvement in occupancy and rates. You know, another factor impacting future appreciation is the severe lack of new supply that we've had. You know, there's been very little new construction in the U.S. over the past five years. And you think about it, you know, we all just went through an incredible beatdown, right? I mean, it was a real estate-based recession. And I think because of the lack of new construction, as corporations gain confidence, so they start to invest more, we start to see jobs increase more, I think we're going to see values and rents escalate more than we can really fathom right now. I think, you know, we've all been beat down, 
And we've just gone through that. And it's been a long recession. It was a long recession. It's been a long, slow recovery. And I think it's hard to realize how much values might potentially go up. You know, I was on stage at the uh, Cobb Galleria last week with uh, Ryan Severino with Reese, and he talked about contrarian investing. Now, he was referencing institutional investors investing in secondary markets you know, where they'll see more rent and value appreciation, kind of bucking the trend to, to invest in the lower cap rate, you know, gateway cities. Um, but there's another idea around contrarian investing, and that, that is in with the timing. You know, if you think about it this way, if everyone at a cocktail party is talking about investing in real estate, what should you be doing? Yeah, you got it. You should be selling. And if people are talking about how bad real estate is, you should be buying. Now, that's hard to do. It's hard to, you know, your, your human nature is to follow the crowd. But in real estate investing, you may want to do the opposite. You know, another factor about the timing right now for investing in real estate, incredibly low interest rates. You know, rates are at historic lows. You know, lenders feel real good about the timing uh, and the future upside of commercial real estate. So if you can lock in a long-term low interest rate loan, it's a great time to do that. So there's a lot of factors that make the timing to buy commercial real estate and other real estate very strong right now. Also, with financing is so low that in some cases you have the benefit of a positive leverage. You know, you may have a 7% cap rate uh, on a property you're paying cash for that would give you a 7% cash on cash return in the first year. And if you can finance that at 5%, you know, then you're making that spread on the part that you finance. So you've increased your return over 7%. So in some cases, you also have positive leverage with uh, lending environment right now. Another reason that investors are interested in real estate and commercial real estate is it's a hedge against inflation, right? I mean, your, your rents, if you're a tenant, uh, you always see your rents go up. And so real estate can be a great hedge against inflation. You know, you, you turn around and you own the property 10 years and everything's more expensive and uh, you've paid down the mortgage. So real estate is a great hedge against inflation and a great way to diversify your investment portfolio. Okay, let's talk about some of the various ways you can invest. Now, for the small investor, and we won't talk about this very long because we're the commercial real estate show, right? But some of the ways that people think about investing in real estate is investing in homes. And of course, there's some big uh, funds that are buying lots of homes. There are some things I would say about investing in homes. If you're investing in homes, I would try to stick with the homes that make sense financially to buy as an investment as far as the rent and the purchase price you're paying. In other words, if you're buying homes under $100,000 and you can rent them for twelve dollars or $1,600 a month or something more than that, then that makes sense financially. You're not speculating on the appreciation of the asset. For example, I had a dear friend of mine who used to buy almost any house in a certain zip codes that was under $70,000, then they would use a line of credit and pay for these houses. They would typically be very bad shape. They'd renovate them with the line of credit. They'd put a tenant in it and then refinance it. You know, so they may end of the day have 70,000 in it and be renting it for 12 or $1,400. They'd get that cash back and do it again. So with one line of credit, they amassed a portfolio of great rental homes and that did really well for them. You know, they do have to deal with the management of that. And you know, you don't have some of the economies of scale there and you are dealing with families so you've got to realize what you're getting into there I think where some investors get in trouble is where they start looking at escalating values 
in speculating on real estate, namely houses. You know an investor that did real well in the single-family home market, then they started seeing the escalation in prices in beach homes and beachfront homes and started doing that. Well, the income from those homes didn't justify the prices they were paying, right? I mean, they were just looking at the appreciation. Well, as long as that was appreciating, that was speculating, and that's a speculative investment, and, you know, that's, <laughs> that's gambling. So they gambled for a while, it worked, and then they ended up owning four or five uh, beach homes that value dropped 50%, and they were upside down on their mortgages. So I think if you're going to do single-family home investing, you've got to think about what you're doing there and make sure it's right for you. The other thing I saw with single-family home investing that I don't personally like, it may be great for you, but I didn't like having to, you know, if, if somebody can't pay, typically you're, you're dealing with a family, right, with children and, and things like that, that that you're having to evict. You also, you know, when that house is vacant, you've got a lot of turnover costs. You know, you probably have grounds and countertops and a paint in the entire house. You know, homes aren't made for rental. And so when those homes turn over, you have a 100% vacancy. Uh, it's vacant, so you've got to worry about protecting it. So they're not really made for, for investment. So personally, I'm not that fond of investing in single-family homes, while it certainly has worked for some people. And, you know, in the past, uh, you know, I've done it. And what I did was I liked hanging out at uh, Lakeland here north of Atlanta. So, you know, I bought some inexpensive homes I could fix up and rent out that were on the lake. And I felt like that would have good appreciation. So I ended up doing well with that and getting out of it. I didn't want to compete with my own clients in the commercial real estate world where I work. You know, I think my job as a broker is to help everyone around me get rich, and I don't need to be playing in, in their sandbox. I prefer multifamily retail and industrial properties. I also like self-storage properties. As far as location, I recommend buying in markets projected to have job growth and population growth and areas with good transportation, education, and a diverse economy. But, well, stay with us. Next, we're going to talk about some various types of properties, some other property types. We're going to talk about some other ways to invest in commercial real estate. So stay with us for more real estate investing today. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by RealCrowd. RealCrowd lets you invest directly into shares of cash-flowing real estate with low investment minimums and the ease of investing online. Visit realcrowd.com slash radio. That's realcrowd.com slash radio. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real, real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcasts, videos, and blogs. There's some great shows there with updates on all the major sectors. Just visit commercialrealestateshow.com. In fact, that is a new website. There is an incredible amount of content there. Well, today our topic is real estate investing today. And we were talking about investing in homes and we're talking investing in rental homes. And before we finish that subject, I like to, to comment that, you know, if you don't own a home, I do think owning your own home is a great idea, whether it's a condo or, a, uh, or what it is, a single family home or townhome. I think that's a great opportunity to, to buy right now, especially if prices are still low in your area. Also, when it comes to homes, some people will buy second homes. And I think if you're buying a second home because the lifestyle helps you and helps your, your business in some way. I know when I bought my first uh, second home, it was very helpful. 
kind of get out of the city and, and relax on the weekends because I love commercial real estate. I'll work all weekend if I'm in Atlanta where I live, and uh, it's just it's just too tempting. But uh, you know, as far as it being a great investment, I think you know it depends if you're you're there. You're banking again on speculation that it's going to improve in value, and uh, you know some properties on the water you know, will do that well. So. You know, if you're going to enjoy it, and I think you can still write off the interest on a second home. So, you know, that's another alternative. But it's not an income property, and so there is some speculation and obviously some cost there. Well, let's talk about some ways to invest in larger properties and commercial properties. And one of the ways to do that is to invest in REITs, you know, real estate investment trust. And you can invest in REITs the same way you invest in the stock market. And, you know, these REITs own uh, mortgages, if they're a mortgage REIT, or they own real estate, they own commercial real estate, they'll typically own very nice high-end real estate. And the nice thing about investing in a REIT is it's very liquid. You know, that's a type of real estate investment that you can get out of it at any time you like. So you can ride the, the wave of real estate appreciation to also still be very liquid. Now, having said that, you know, one of the challenges with investing in a REIT is it will be affected by the ups and downs of the stock market. So it might not be as uh, great as a way to diversify is investing in real estate directly uh, because it will get affected if the market goes down a lot. Having said that, (laughs) that's the great time to buy REITs, right? So if the entire stock market is down and it drops and you want to invest in REITs, that'd be a great timing to do that. Now, we do shows on REITs, so check out that. We'll put the uh, link there if you're listening to the show online. Now, another way that's come up to invest in institutional quality real estate or just some larger real estate investment properties with others is through crowdfunding. You know, the JOBS Act has allowed sponsors of commercial real estate investments to advertise online and other ways to attract investors to invest in limited partnerships. So um, crowdfunding can be a great way. In fact, Real Crowd is a company that I've interviewed and they mainly work on institutional quality properties. And you can go online and invest in some cases as little as ten dollars or $20,000 in a very nice commercial real estate high-quality asset. The beauty of investing with these sponsors is that these are experienced sponsors. And you know, so you're getting the benefit of their relationships, of their knowledge, of their expert management of these properties, and, um, and so as a limited partner, uh, maybe you're a lawyer, maybe you're a doctor, you don't want to learn everything about running real estate. Well, it's a great way to do that is to invest with, with others through crowdfunding. Now, as a word of caution about crowdfunding, when you're investing with a sponsor, uh, the sponsor is extremely important. So you may hear on the show that you know, the office market is doing well in, in a certain city um, and a sponsor is buying a property there. Well, I'd check out the sponsor as closely as you can, and I would check out also the property that they're acquiring as, as best you can. And that's going to depend on how much you're investing, right? I mean, if you're investing um, $100,000 and that's a lot of money to you, then you may want to do a lot of due diligence. You know, hire an expert uh, in that market area to help you look at that sponsor and look at that opportunity. You know, I've seen, um, not at real crowd, but I've seen some crowdfunding sites that do quite a bit of puffing on a property and make it sound maybe a lot better than it is. So uh, I'd be careful. And now, if, if you're investing uh, $50,000 and that's not a lot of money to you, or ten, twenty thousand, 20000 it's not a lot of money to you, 
um, and and you're okay to lose that if you lose it, um, then you know that's a great way to invest. And I'm not suggesting you're going to lose money investing in crowdfunding, but um, you know, keep in mind you're just not doing a lot of due diligence if you're investing ten or twenty thousand uh, online. Crowdfunding is also a great way for sponsors um, to uh, create investors for their deals. So if you're buying a property, you're buying an apartment community, and you've done it before, uh, and you've got a track record, crowdfunding can be a great way to, to raise capital for your deal. Um, check out uh, Real Crowd, and there's some information there about, um, and you can talk to them, you can call them, they're more than a website, and they can tell you if you're a sponsor, how to qualify as one of their sponsors, and, uh, and then raise your funds online. I think crowdfunding is going to be big. I think uh, crowdfunding is going to be really big because you think about this, you know, several years ago, people weren't comfortable online doing much. Um, and they certainly used stockbrokers to, to invest in the stock market. Well, now, you know, people will go online and invest in the stock market. They'll go online and buy something by auction. Uh, they'll go online and do a lot of things. So I think there'll be a lot more people comfortable with online investing in real estate. So uh, crowdfunding could be big. And if you want to know a lot about the property type and, and about commercial real estate in general, obviously the Commercial Real Estate Show is a, is a great source for you to learn uh, what's going on in the commercial real estate market. So you can turn in, uh, tune in each week here. Now, we're, while we're talking about investing with the sponsors, you know, another way to invest in, in large commercial real estate transaction is to invest as a limited partner in a limited partnership where you have a sponsor who is specialized they, at finding properties or having the relationships with brokers and others to find opportunities. They know how to manage, they know how to asset manage, they know how to do the rehab and the lease up or whatever is needed for the project and invest with them. And you know, you're gonna be able to find more of those folks online, but also you'll find them in other ways. You know, ask around the people you know that have invested and because uh, if you can find some great sponsors to invest in, that can be a great way to go. And you think about it, you know, if, if a sponsor is successful and, and, they, and they keep buying more properties, at some point they run out of friends and family and need other friends and family to, to join in. So that can be a great way to invest with in high quality properties. Some things to consider when investing in a limited partnership is make sure it is limited, you know, that you're not on the loan and that the limit of your liability is the cash you're investing in. Also, maybe you can get a preferred return where the you as an investor are getting a preferred return of maybe 8% before the sponsor gets their return. A lot of sponsors will do that. They feel confident in their deal. You also want to look at how much skin in the game the sponsor has. You know, are they investing no money? Just like a lender lending on a property, if an investor has no money, you may have a little more concern if the investor doesn't have some, some skin in the game himself. Another factor to consider with crowdfunding and limited partnerships is your equity will be parked there until the general partner decides the timing is right to sell. Obviously, if you own your own property separately, you can sell the property anytime you like. In a limited partnership, you don't have that flexibility. Get the best understanding possible when the asset will be sold or refinanced. All right, well, stay tuned. We're going to talk about more investment opportunities and some various property types. For more on real estate investing today, stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. 
Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us. Our topic today is real estate investing today. And remember, we do appreciate hearing from you. You can give us a call or uh, follow us on Twitter or connect with us on Facebook. You'll find all our contact information at commercialrealestateshow.com. And as we're talking about investing in real estate, and it's certainly a good time, and, and a lot of people are interested in commercial real estate one of the areas that people really like are investing in single tenant net lease investment properties these are freestanding buildings typically where there's one tenant leasing the property and the tenant pays all the taxes pays all the insurance pays all the operating expenses and you as an investor just get a rent check every month some people refer to it as mailbox money these are typically high credit tenants as well like uh, cvs and and uh, Walgreens and you know some of the quick service restaurants which have extremely high credit you also have the dollar stores so you know the leases will range anywhere from typically 20 years down to four or five and but they're typically long term and you have no management responsibility or anything so these can be a great investment cap rates can vary from anywhere from seven maybe up to eight, down to six, five, four percent, with a lot of them in that six uh, percent range. So you think about it, I mean, if you've got some cash sitting in the bank getting a, a low interest rate, you know, you might want to put it in some single tenant net lease properties. Some other things that are great about the properties is sometimes investors aren't as concerned about where they're geographically located because they're really buying a long-term income stream from that company, from that tenant, if you will. Um, so, you know, you, it's a kind of a commodity-driven deal, and you can find brokers like us around the country that specialize in single-tenant net lease properties, and they can uh, give you a lot of advice and, and help you through the, the process. Some other benefits of the single-tenant net lease property is how safe they're considered, right? So they're basically considered a very conservative investment, and they do have a conservative nature, like some of the tenants' leases like CVS and Walgreens and some others are flat rates for a very long time. You know, we're, we sell several of these properties and we've got some closing now that are, you know, 20 year leases with no rent escalations at all. So you don't have those rent increases over the time, but you do have a very stable tenant that you feel comfortable that you're going to get your rent check in the mail each month. So um, they certainly have the benefit of that. The price ranges of these properties can vary as well. They can vary anywhere from 500000 to five, six, seven, eight million dollars to $5, 6 7 $8 million. So you can get into some of these dollar stores, for instance, that there may be six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000. You can finance up to 80% of them or maybe more if it's a high credit long lease. So you can get into some of these investments with a very, very low cash outlay. If you like single tenant net lease properties, but you're looking for a little higher return, then you can look at properties that have shorter leases. If the leases are 10 years or less, you'll get a higher cap rate and a better return. If they're five years or less, you'll get a much greater return. Now, obviously that return comes with some risk. Are they going to renew the lease there? Uh, Are they gonna move to another location? If they renew the lease, are they gonna require some capital outlay from you to reinvest in the real estate? Now, there's a lot of ways that single tenant net lease brokers can analyze that and look at their sales and look at the market and look at the demographics and that sort of thing and sort of give you an educated estimate 
of that possibility of the tenant renewing. As always, higher return brings you a little more risk. Single tenant properties also offer great financing. You know, lenders feel like single tenant net lease properties, these high credit tenants are very safe. And so they love to finance these properties. So you can get some good rates. Uh, you can get some high loan to value ratios. So they're very, very financeable. These properties are also very liquid. If you have a single tenant net, net lease property with a credit tenant anywhere in the country, you can call a broker like me. And if you want to, we could probably have that closed in about four weeks. That's how liquid these properties are. You know, there's just not a lot of moving parts typically. Having said there's not a lot of moving parts, there are some moving parts. So you want to really review the leases very carefully and make sure if it is triple net that you truly don't have any expenses that that's the case. There could be some expenses that could crop up and that's okay. You just want to know about them so you can underwrite it and make a proper decision. Another benefit of single tenant net lease properties is that most tenants are necessity retail. You know, drug stores, auto parts, and fast food restaurants are not as heavily affected by downturns in the economy as most businesses. If someone's cars needs a starter or tires, they're going to buy them regardless of the economy. Uh, if you need medicine, you're going to go to the drugstore regardless of how you feel about your economic situation. If you want to look at negatives, it is one tenant. If and when they move, your property is 100% vacant. Since you're buying an income stream, in some cases, you're paying more for the underlying real estate and building than they're worth. So at the end of the lease term, your revision value could be less than what you pay for the property. As I touched on before, single-tenant properties don't typically offer the annual rent increases you enjoy in multi-tenant properties. Well, stay with us for more real estate investing today. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some incredible shows coming up for you, including a fun show on applications on apps you don't want to miss that one we also have updates on all the major sectors be sure you don't miss a show of special interest to you sign up for a once a week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com well today our topic is real estate investing today we're looking at commercial real estate and other types of real estate investing and about the timing and looking at some tips and strategies another great investment opportunity out there are owner-occupied properties, uh, commercial properties I'm talking about. So if your company uses space, let's call it office, industrial, it might even be retail, and, um, but uh, you know, especially office, uh, think about it. If you rent to your company, you know you have a good tenant, right? You know they're going to pay the rent. Also, it has to be right for your company, right? So you can't you don't want to buy the wrong property. It's important that your business is located in the right location. It's the right type of asset for your business to perform well. But you think about it right now, and in a lot of the markets, we're still in a recovery period. There are better selection of opportunities out there. So, you, so you're more apt to find the right property for your business. Another opportunity with owner-occupied properties is lenders love it. I mean, lenders really want to do loans on owner-occupied properties. And there's several reasons for that. 
first of all, it's uh, safety for them. Uh, they know it's rented. They know you're going to be there and run your business, and they don't have to worry about the property uh, vacating. Additionally, they want the opportunity to get your banking, and they feel if they give you a great loan on an owner-occupied building that they might get your banking relationship as well. Another advantage of the current market is pricing. As we've discussed, we've just went through a recession, we're in a recovery period, and in some submarkets, the prices are still below replacement cost. In fact, I live in Atlanta, and I did a study of office sales in Atlanta over the last year, and pretty much they're averaging just over $100 a foot, around 100 a foot. Well, if you look at average replacement costs, it's about 150 a foot. Of course, it's much more in, in certain areas and certain buildings. But, you know, if you're getting a property at two-thirds replacement cost, you're in a market that all the analysts suggest because of the lack of new construction and other things that you're going to have rising rents. Uh, you may have a good opportunity there to get in a property that's below market that you're going to have a rising rental value in it and that you're going to get really below market interest rates because you're an owner-occupant. Another benefit of owning your own building can be the visibility. Uh, for example, there's a street where we have a building available that the a billboard on that street is about $5,000 a month. Well, if the tenant uh, in this building, well, this is a tenant situation, but you know, buy a building where you have signage available in the building, you can have that kind of billboard uh, exposure, and they know where your business is located. You put signs on the building and building a sign out front. There's a lot of businesses that can really benefit from that. I'll give you another tip for using owner-occupant type of status to invest in the office market. Here's the first one. You can use your occupancy costs to fix a problem. For example, let's say that when you lease the space, you're taking a building from 80% occupancy to 100% occupancy. That can be significant for the owner of the property. Occasionally, if it's the right building, the right situation, you might be able to participate in the upside of the building. Uh, you know, we go to the, the owner and say, look, we're going to pay market rent. We're not going to beat you up on the deal, uh, but we'd like to have a little bit of the upside. In fact, why don't we go ahead and sell it now? You know, we can pull in an investor, you as a tenant at the same time, for, you move in and get a check. <laughs> for example, recently we were representing a group of doctors to build a new facility for them. It's a great location. We've got the builder, the developer together. Uh, got it all costed out. Came down that each practice was going to have to put down approximately a million dollars on average. Well, we're able to bring in an investor and create a sale at the time of move-in where instead of the doctors putting in a million dollars and having the building they want, the build-out they want, they were able to get a million dollars. So we could pull in an investor to buy the deal at the table. So that's another way, if you're a user, you can have a, a build-to-suit situation and we can finance that and, and, uh, and sell it uh, right when you move in and create some equity for you immediately. Okay, let's talk about another form of real estate investing, and that's investing in notes. A lot of investors will invest in notes while their intention is really to get to the property. You buy the note and you do a deed in lieu or a friendly foreclosure or a hard one if you have to, to get to the property. Uh, we've sold several notes in the last several years. They can be a good way to get to the, the property. Now, keep in mind there's a lot of dangers in buying the notes. You're not going to have as much of a due diligence opportunity. Sometimes lenders are selling notes because they're afraid to get in the chain of title. Obviously, you may have to get in the chain of title, so 
you want to understand title issues on the property, you want to understand environmental issues, you want to understand the foreclosure laws in that state, you want to understand the bankruptcy issues that could come up, and just make sure you put all of those numbers in the underwriting when you acquire that note. But notes can be a great way to get to the real estate. Another way to invest in real estate and commercial real estate is through short sales. So if you're interested in a property and the borrower, the owner, owes more on the property than it's worth, don't stop there. Of course, in the last several years, there's been a lot of short sales, and and there's some more of it. So sometimes the lender will work with you and will release the lien and get it worked out, and you can acquire the property through a short sale. Another investment alternative is a joint venture recapitalization, where you bring in the capital and joint venture with an existing property owner. Some loans are maturing now and over the next few years where the existing owner has to bring equity to the table to refinance. In some cases, they don't have this equity and have us bring in an investor as a new partner. These deals can work very well for both parties. Well, stay tuned. We're going to have some sources coming up for you to find some of these opportunities and some other tips. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Our topic is Real Estate Investing Today. Well, let's talk about sourcing acquisition opportunities. First of all, there's this thing called the internet, right? <laughs> and uh, you could go on this uh, machine in the sky and find all these properties. Well, what we've done is we've compiled a list of all the best websites to find properties online. So we'll place the link on the uh, website here. If you're listening to the show on iTunes or one of the online stations or one of the 11 radio stations, uh, just visit commercialrealestateshow.com and look for the uh, radio show Real Estate Investing Today, and we'll have the link there, or you can always just uh, email us directly. You know, another method to source acquisitions opportunities are commercial real estate brokers, of course. And what I recommend there is develop a relationship with brokers that work in the geographic areas that you're interested in, that work in the property sectors that interest you. Keep in mind that some commercial properties are sold off market, meaning they're not on LoopNet, they're not on CoStar, they're, they're just not out there showing that they're for sale. And even if they are listed and being marketed by a broker, many times or most of the time, investment brokers aren't publicly putting those properties out there. So you need to develop a relationship uh, with a broker who's very connected and knows uh, about available properties and can bring them to you. Um, and also, some of these properties are sold that just are never listed or never on the market. Uh, for example, we're about to close a large apartment complex um, that was not on the market. And, you know, what you do there is do what that buyer did. You know, he developed a relationship with our apartment group, with the lead brokers there, and said, look, I will protect your reasonable fee. I will keep opportunities that you bring me quiet, and I'll work through you to buy the property. Well, of course, the benefit to the investor is you're finding a property that wasn't on the market. Uh, you don't have competing buyers to drive up the price, possibly, and makes it for an easier uh, transaction. Another thing that you want to keep in mind if you're locating a property online or, or you're locating it otherwise 
it's important to have good representation on the acquisition. You know, there were good brokers around the country like us who specialize in various property sectors, and they can help you with a lot of things. You know, some of the things that you're going to want to know are obviously sales comps and competing properties to make sure you're paying uh, market or below. You also want to look at a, a rent survey to see if the rents in the area are comparable to your property or if you're, the subject property has lower or higher rents. You want to know what's going on in the submarket for the property type. You know, what are the trends? Are rates trending up or down? Is vacancy trending up or down? Uh, what are future employment issues around the area? Also, lots of other due diligence. You know, for example, I've had uh, plenty of buyers that have contacted me directly after they found the asset and said, hey, represent us. For example, an investor came to me who was an architect and a real estate broker, knew of an apartment community that was available, asked me to represent him. Well, we were able to get him a, the property, even though it was under contract with someone else. We got it under contract. We flipped it for him. He owned it a week. He made a million dollars. You know, so you know, we all got to realize that people who specialize in a property type and specialize in a business are going to be able to help us tremendously. A couple other quick tips. Understand your exit strategy when you're acquiring the property. You want to asset management and time it to sell to maximize your returns. Another tip, look way well past the cap rate. You know, a lot of times you'll find some of your best deals are because you notice the price per square foot or their price per unit or something was low. And even though the cap rate wasn't great, it was a great opportunity. Also, be sure that your acquisition gives you time to do proper due diligence. Your LOI and your contract gives you proper time to do all the inspections you want, that you can do your environmental, you can do your due diligence, you can do your inspections, you can do your tenant interviews, you know, you can do your rent survey. You know, you want to make sure that you know what you're getting into. Another tip is to review the leases very carefully. Look for things like making sure there are no exclusives violated, first right of refusals violated, and parking requirements that can no longer be provided. Well, if you have any other questions about investing in land, apartments, or commercial real estate, you're invited to reach out to me personally. All our contact information is at commercialrealestateshow.com. Join us next week. We'll have a great show, another market update for you. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by RealCrowd, crowdfunding for institutional quality real estate. Visit realcrowd.com slash radio. Florida International University. Earn your commercial real estate master's degree in as little as 10 months. Visit fiuonline.com. And Bull Realty Commercial Brokers, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. And France Media Publications and Conferences. For exposure to the world of commercial real estate, visit francemediainc.com.